0: You are listening to the Next Best Picture Podcast, and this is our review of Ready or Not. I can't believe that in half an hour, I will be a part of the Lodomus Gaming Dynasty Empire. Uh, Dominion, we prefer Dominion. I honestly can't wait to be a part of your family. There's just one more thing, and then you are officially part of the family. So at midnight, you have to play a game. Why? It's just something we do when someone new joins the family.
1: A game. What game? Hide and seek? Are we really going to play that?
0: Well, the rules are simple. You can hide anywhere. We then try to find you.
2: So there's no way for me to win, right? I mean, stay hidden until dawn. <laughs> no, thank you. Good luck.
0: What the hell is this? How old is this thing?
2: I know you're in here.
0: Oh, Jesus, you shot the maid. Does she look like she's wearing a giant white wedding dress? Emily? (laughs) Holy
2: shit! I had to play along so that I can get you out. It's
0: insane.
2: They think they have to you before sunrise
0: what? or something very bad will happen to the family. If we don't find her and perform the ritual, we're all dead. Found her. God damn it! Emily! I don't know what I'm doing! And today's video is called Getting to Know Your Crossbow. Got my gun! Why don't you just use mine?
2: Mr. Lodomas, I just saw her running- Oh my god! Oh. Oh. Your fucking
0: family.
2: You're just another... sacrifice.
1: Do you think this is a fucking game?! Oh. Yes, I didn't see. Remember?
2: He wanted to get married.
0: No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 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 All right, everyone. You were just listening to the trailer for Ready or Not, and the story is as follows. Grace couldn't be happier after she marries the man of her dreams at his family's luxurious estate. There's just one catch she must now hide from midnight until dawn while her new in-laws hunt her with guns, crossbows, and other weapons. The film is starring Samara Weaving, Adam Brody, Mark O'Brien, Henry Cezerny, and Andy McDowell. It is directed by Matt Bettinelli, Olpin, and Tyler Gillett. And it is co-written by Guy Busick and R. Christopher Murphy. Join me for this podcast review. I have Josh Parham. Hello, hello. And Dan Bayer. Here we come. Ready or not, here comes the podcast <laughs> review. <laughs> so, ready or not. Uh, Josh, I'm happy to have you on for this one, actually, because you and I reviewed Crawl a few weeks ago, and that was the kind of review where it was like, you know what, it's a movie, it's fun, it's not trying to change the world, and it's got some good thrills, some good scares in it, and here you go. I think Ready or Not also kind of falls into that category, but I would venture to say that I think that in terms of like the B-level... Uh, horror movies that one could watch in the summer of 2019 or just in the year 2019 in general, I would say that this is definitely a notch above, but how do you guys feel about it? Let's go around the room. Shall we? I will pass it off to Josh first. What did you think of ready or not?
1: Well, um, I would actually say, and at least in terms of that comparison of like a, just B horror movie that you can just really get into. Um, This is definitely a movie that has like a very intriguing concept behind it, and I think that certainly the acting in it I was really taken by. I think all these actors really do a good job. I do have to admit, though, that I think that there's something about this movie that I like the ideas in it, but I don't know if the movie really kind of commits to its premise. And... I found myself thinking that it was a little half baked a lot of the times, and I was overall entertained by it. But I also felt like this was a movie that could have gone further in trying to be a an irreverent R rated horror comedy, and I found myself being a bit disappointed in it in that regard. But I do think that there are moments still that do entertain you, do make it an engaging uh, an engaging film. So. Yeah, I, I kind of liked it, but I wasn't as into it as I think I wanted it uh, to be for me.
0: So my question to you is: if it didn't go all the way into that territory, was there another direction that you can pinpoint that you felt it was more leaning towards? Or
1: well, I, I just sort of felt like it was trying to go in that direction. I think that it definitely wanted to be irreverent. Wanted it wanted to be very, you know, obviously very violent and having the sense of humor that was oddball and a bit on the darker side, I felt like all that was there. I just kind of felt like it also just needed to be pushed a little bit further. It needed to kind of define its world a little bit more for me so that I had a firmer sense of what we were kind of dealing with in the story. But what we got, I found to be very fun at the same time. It's just, if there was potential I felt like for it to be a bit more.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Mm. Okay. Dan bear. What about yourself?
2: Well, I had an an absolute blast with this one. I I tend to prefer my horror and gore, uh, heavily laced with comedy. And that do I? <laughs> <laughs> and this one, I think, absolutely delivered on that front. Um, and I agree. I think the performances are all a lot of fun. Um, Samara Weaving is I she's she's great um like one of the best final girls i can think of in in recent memory and i one might say this will be a bookmark in her career
0: yeah yeah it's a three <laughs> billboards joke Oh God. <laughs> she's she's been making some really excellent decisions lately in her she career really i think she yeah. is definitely on the rise in a very major way. And this will be looked at as her true breakout, even though she's had substantial roles before. Yeah. Um, My only thing that's holding me back with her, and it's not so much a personal thing, it's more of a, um, just as an outsider looking uh, in, she will probably have inevitable comparisons to Margot Robbie, which I think is very unfair. Um, yes. and, sh- and this is why like I, what I like about what she's doing with her career is that she is focusing on things like The Babysitter and Ready or Not where uh, they're more genre based and she can really carve out a piece uh, uh, of the pie for herself, you know, and hopefully yeah. avoid those comparisons. Then
2: it was really interesting. The first trailer I saw before this movie was for Bombshell. And I was like, why are they showing this trailer mm. for this movie? And Margot Robbie turns around and I see her face. I'm like, are they really doing that to make us think that Margot Robbie is Samara face? Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right, though, Dan.
0: She is so good in I love her in this movie. I love how feisty she is. I yeah. love how smart she is, how no nonsense she is about everything. like she she behaves like an actual person.
2: Yeah, it definitely it definitely felt real in that way. I, I actually really liked what um, they did with all the characters and sort of like vacillating between how complicit each of them are in this family game and family drama and someone who has a lot of issues with their own family i find a lot to enjoy and relate to in this movie
0: (laughs) i I think that that might be the thing for me that helped to elevate this movie is uh the the cast itself and some of the cast plays up some of the uh more campy aspects of what it is that they're doing such as uh Nikki uh Guadani, uh, who plays uh uh the, the like the matriarch of the family. Uh, mm-hmm. and then you have the aunt. Yeah, yeah. I, aunt. I, she is so so great. I, I, if looks could kill <laughs> oh <laughs> that would be the God. one. <laughs> Brown haired niece. You, you have uh, Henry Zerny and Andy McDowell who are chewing up the scenery and look like they're having a blast with what they're doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But I think that there is also like this very, very interesting, dramatic and emotional dynamic in the two brothers, uh, this being Alex and Daniel, played by Adam Brody and Mark O'Brien. Mark O'Brien being um, the the, the groom to Samara Weaving's character, Grace, in this. And their interactions with her and with each other helped to give this movie an elevated boost, I felt like, that surprisingly really did emotionally invest me in the
2: story and in the characters. Yeah, I felt, I felt the exact same. And Adam Brody's really great in it.
1: I really do like these performances. I really like everybody in this cast and they have a great dynamic with each other. I think that their performances really get uh, more specifically the tone of what I think this movie is going for. And Yeah, I think Samara Weaving definitely at the center is somebody that is the highlight, but she is supported by a really great ensemble. And I mean, those scenes with like Adam Brody and Mark O'Brien, I've found to be like surprisingly kind of tender in some aspects and very strong. So yeah, this entire ensemble really delivers for this film.
0: Well, I think what really helps that is the flashback that we receive at the beginning of the film where... Clearly, there has been a generation of this family that has played uh, this insane, demented game of hide-and-seek before, and some some other members of the family, as we uh, find out later, have never played this before because they didn't happen to draw uh, that dreaded card on the night of their wedding, so I guess we are to assume that it's been about... 20 years or so since the last time this has actually happened and we get this great flashback with uh the young kids and how they both helped to uh protect one another during the uh during the evening and uh you know it, it, i i agree like without that scene and without that context i don't think you would have had that tender relationship if it was like more inferred i think we had to see it in order to fully uh, get the relationship between those two characters. And it also helps, too, that Adam Brody's character, uh, character Daniel, is, like, drunk through the entire evening, and he's going through this moral dilemma of, this is bullshit, but I love my family. Why are we even doing this? I like Grace. Come on. You know, he constantly has, like, this, uh, like this d- demeanor about him throughout the entire evening of, like fuck this shit.
1: (laughs) Yeah. The, the interactions with the characters and, and those performances are really great in this film, but I do think that the world that they're in, it was a bit lacking for me. And I'll actually give you an example of something that you just brought up because we get this, uh, inference that they've obviously been playing this game before, that there's this one card, this ready or not card, that is so bad, and you just can't pick that card. But I think the problem for me is that, well, I don't know what the other cards are like, though. I don't know how this game normally is played. And what does it mean if you do pick chess? Like, what does that evening entail? That doesn't mean that you have to kill somebody? And I think, it just so it goes to a sense of world building within your story and to me it just felt like there were a lot of there was a lot of things in this film that i got i kind of got the idea of what they were going for but it didn't feel as fleshed out to me to really get invested in the kind of story around these really great characters and that to me was the element that was really lacking
0: yeah, my my interpretation of it was if you pulled the chess card or checkers card, you just played chess or checkers, and everybody <laughs> yeah. laughed and drank wine, and it was a pleasant evening.
1: <laughs> so then, why was the ready or not card given this kind of weight to it?
0: Because the film the film is trying to make a comment, I think, uh, both on superstition. But also, too, on the fuck you money that the upper class has and that they can do ultimately whatever they want. It is very much, I don't think, supposed to be taken so much literally, but it is definitely a metaphor for uh, privilege and for the way that the upper class conducts themselves with this, this uh, superiority that we can do basically whatever we want regardless of logic and reasoning.
1: And I get that. But I think that the film could have done a better job of at least kind of setting its rules up a little bit better. You know, like if there was a hierarchy to the games that they were going to play based on whatever rules were established, you know, generations ago with the family, I think that that was stuff that I needed. And it just felt like, oh, they just had the idea of ready or not, but people die in it. And it just to me just seemed like I needed a bit more. In terms of building out the world for me,
0: see, maybe it's because I'm watching Succession currently on HBO, and I'm just getting a lot of this um, <laughs> irresponsibility, <laughs> and also just these power dynamics that I'm seeing that the wealthy just have over everybody else. That sometimes, you know, when you have that much money, and you don't really appreciate that you have that much money, because especially if you're born into it, yeah, you get bored very easily, and you come up with these absolutely ridiculous creative ways to satisfy how absolutely bored you are I, I think of also like a good example is like Wolf of Wall Street yeah when they bring in like the uh the midgets like into the uh the office and they're like throwing them against the board and everything it's like because they're like they're so bored and so irresponsible that they'll just do whatever they want and I think in many ways this is supposed to be uh, on one hand taken as entertainment. Uh, for the rich, But also, on the other hand, there is this co- this moral conflict, I think, that also goes along with it as well, especially as the night progresses and things get harder and harder for them. And it's not as clear cut and dry as let's just find her and kill her and get it over with. No, she puts up a fight and makes their nights miserable. <laughs> so yeah. it, it doesn't turn out to be as much fun as uh, maybe some of them are. Trying to convince themselves mentally that it will be because they deep down they all know it's horrible, mm-hmm. um, and I think there's a lie that they're all kind of trying to tell themselves that, you know, we need to do this. Oh, and wouldn't it be wouldn't it, won't it be fun because we're all
2: doing it together and th- this and that and everything. <laughs> I, I I agree. I I think that you know they they're definitely playing with this you know, <laughs> rich evil people sort of trope a lot. Um I didn't have the same problem that you did Josh. I was um I I was able to take this at face value a lot of this movie um just mostly because it you know is not really planning to be anything other than fun. They throw in the um you know the metaphor of the idle rich for for shits and giggles, but like they they don't really do much with it besides just like have it there.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I want to be very clear about this that had this movie been a bit more serious and like the humor aspects were toned down mm-hmm. a bit more, I would definitely be scrutinizing this film, I think, on the level that Josh is a bit more. But because I went in, the trailer sold me on that this was supposed to be a self aware, silly over the top horror movie, something that we would get from like a Sam Raimi or something like that. I was able to let logic kind of fly out the window a little bit then while watching it and just sit back and enjoy myself.
2: Yeah. And I, I I appreciate any movie that is able to like, um, (laughs) that's able to do its plot exposition quickly and efficiently. And I, I think that ready or not mostly does that really well. Um, You do have to, I think, infer quite a bit about the history of the game. But even still, like he, um, Alex, at one point says to her, like, "It's the one card you could have pulled any other thing, and it would have been fine, and I wouldn't have had to tell you this, but you picked the one bad card, and all that sort of stuff." Um, You know, the the other and the other um, the other married in people were just like, "I just played chess." I just played Old Maid and they have, you know, almost no clue about (laughs) that this is going to happen.
0: And I like, too, that we don't really so much with a lot of these characters understand who they are fully as the game starts. But as the game progresses, we learn about them a little bit more. And I think that that makes some of the character reveals yeah, a, a lot more interesting as a result because it's all continuously progressing and they find very clever ways to make that progression feel very natural as the story yeah. continues to move forward. It's structured really, really well. Yeah, yeah. Because I'll admit, like when when it first started, I'm looking at all these people and I'm like, okay, there's a lot of characters going on here, and everyone's obviously going to have some sort of an impact on the you know evening's shenanigans in some way. And so even down to like the tinier characters, um, like oh god, I don't remember what his relationship is to the other characters, but he's like always on his phone.
2: Oh, Fitch.
0: Fitch. That, oh yeah, the, Fitch, the that was his husband. name. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
0: And how he's trying to look up like how to even use a crossbow. Cause they, they have this superstition that they must use weapons from their great grandfather's like Civil War
2: time or a tradition that part is just tradition i think not superstition
0: well i, th- I think it's all like kind of uh, based it's around kind superstition intertwined. yeah yeah like sure. everything has to happen a certain way like for example they, they can't actually kill her they have to maim her and
2: right. then they so have they to bring her down for this
0: ritual. ritual yeah yeah it's all like very meticulous uh because they all believe that if they don't do this something awful is going to happen to the family at sunrise and it, there is, like, kind of this race against the clock uh, narrative that's going on. There is also um, suspense. I think the scene where Grace is in the kitchen is, uh, and she's trying to hide from, like, the, the butler. I, I don't oh, know. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, I would, I would admit that one element of the movie was maybe a little too cartoony for me. Was, I didn't know anything about this guy other than the fact that he basically becomes, a like, a, a real-life monster. That Like, the boogeyman, and she's, like, trying to hide from this guy who's, like, almost superhuman to a certain degree. Yeah, yeah
1: he mm-hmm. became quite important to the plot yeah, <laughs> as the movie went on. And that was another element where I was thinking, wow, this is actually, like, a real character. And I know, like, hardly anything about him. And I think that there are moments in the movie where you get glimpses of something that could have been interesting. Uh, for example, there's a scene when there's a character that gets killed and suddenly he shows up with just a mop and you get the sense like, oh, maybe he had to do this all the time that, <laughs> you know, this is <laughs> his job to clean up after all the messes. But you only kind of get a very brief glimpse of it. And he only yeah. has the quirk of, I guess he likes listening to public domain uh, <laughs> classical music. But
2: <laughs> uh,
1: other than that, like he's just really meant to be another antagonist and the actor does a good job. But. It feels like that was potential to flavor this story a little bit more and they only kind of went with the surface with it.
0: It always feels like, uh, I, I think of, I'm trying to think of like examples of this, but there always seems to be like this one unstoppable, strong antagonist that isn't the mm. ultimate antagonist, but is more of like the henchman that is sent out by the ultimate antagonist to, you know, hunt down our, our main character. I'm yeah. thinking like, I'm even thinking like 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 the Russian in Stranger Things season three, who's always constantly like, you know, a, a, a an obstacle for um Hopper. Yeah, for Hopper's character, you know, there's there, and I feel like the, like that Butler character was definitely uh that where it's just like at a certain point he just almost became, I don't want to say superhuman, but he he was just like a nuisance. Like oh he, like go away already, <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah, um, especially because too i I really didn't feel like I was as invested in that character as much as I was the other characters, um you know, like Andy McDowell, in this uh has a relationship with her sons that I think very, very like is very well done and how it plays out, and there are some twists in the story that. I don't I don't know if they call me by surprise because like, I I no, I don't know. I don't think they did. I I will say that I was always constantly aware that certain characters could go one way or the other. That was always in my mind. So when they did go one of those two ways, it was never a surprise. Yeah. But I always found it at least interesting that the de- the decision that they chose between the two options was the the, the least boring. And it actually helped to Mm -hmm. make the story more interesting, especially as we get to that third act. And the story kind of then tries to have this commentary on family value. And mm-hmm. uh, m- like the moral values of marriage, which <laughs> I think this movie's been giving a big middle finger to just that in general, <laughs> probably.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a little bit.
0: <laughs> and I I just thought all of that was very interesting. And I'm like, okay, this is not just a B-level movie that's giving us some suspense, some gore, and some thrills. Like this actually has something to say.
2: I would agree with that.
1: <laughs> I-, I think I would agree to the point that most of that is being conveyed by the performances, though. Like. I, yes, when you see those moments with those characters, you do kind of get into them. But I think for me, I was pulled in mostly by what the actors were doing because you're right, Matt. Like the twists are not that shocking. It's not like they're very complicated. Not that they need to be, but I think that they land with such an effective punch because those performances are really doing the heavy lifting.
0: Speaking of punch... She punched the shit out of that kid. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Yo, loved it. I loved it. Oh my it. god. There so are some much. moments in this that are so, so funny. I, I I have to admit, I was giggling like a little girl during the final scene of the movie. I was in oh my, my chair and just like, oh my god, yeah, this I'm, is great.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that definitely went into into the direction that I wanted the film. But even then, I, you know. Uh, not to give anything away, but, and maybe this says something about me, I wanted to see it happen to the kid too. I'm just going to say it. I, really <laughs> I wanted to see it happen in front of us. Uh. That is the type of movie I wanted it to be.
0: <laughs> oh. A couple of notes here I got. Uh, those poor maids, they have no idea what's going on. <laughs> Some of them do. And that's true. That is true, I guess. But, oh, God, though that was some of the, the reactions of the cast, like during those moments, like "Oh, come on!"
2: <laughs> I, lo- I, yeah, I really loved the watching the cast watch the other characters die or get gravely injured
0: because it's like it's not supposed to go like this it's like we're supposed to find her we're supposed to maim her perform the ritual and that is it nothing else is supposed it's to happen
2: supposed to be a game it's supposed to be fun this is not fun um i i particularly i love the scene where they're all gathered around the cell phone yes <laughs> <laughs> yes turn down the music you <laughs> <ain't>.
0: <laughs> That was great. I mean, no cell phone has You're that good in, 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 in a quality in a reception area like that. But yeah. <laughs> seeing all their reactions, uh, yes, that was great. Yeah. Absolutely. And I also
2: really love that the the movie goes out of its way to pick, give this really iconic image of Samara Weaving in her wedding dress with the, the, the bullets strapped across her chest and the gun. And then maybe like five minutes later – all that is gone because it just doesn't work.
0: <laughs> you have to believe that, like Uma Thurman, like probably like watches this and she's like, "Yeah, <laughs> I approve." <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's a it's a good iconic image, and I actually think the final shot of the movie is fantastic. The final pullout shot,
2: also great. Last,
0: uh, like of the house and uh, her in the dress and everything. Oh my god, I love that. That might go, that might go down as one of my favorite shots of the year actually. There's some really, really cool stuff in this that, for genre fans especially, I think they're going to really, really eat this up. I, I, I think we're at final thoughts. Yeah. I think we're, I think we're there. Let's uh, give final thoughts on Ready or Not. So, uh, Josh, anything that we did not mention about Ready or Not that you want to bring up?
1: Uh, yeah. The one thing that I do want to mention that I actually did like about this movie is it did not create... Very forced ways to keep her in the house. And I felt Mm -hmm. that that was very refreshing because mostly, like, movies like this would find ways to just arbitrarily block paths, you know, to get out the house. And this movie doesn't do that. This movie actually, like, progresses these characters through this story in a rather authentic way. And it doesn't mean that it then, like, deflated the tension that it was trying to go for. It actually found ways to still keep you invested in that. And I found that to be very refreshing. And when it happened, it's like, oh, that I didn't expect that to happen at this point. And it still managed to progress its story in a way that kept its characters in a sense of danger, kept that tension going throughout. And I thought that was
2: very interesting, Dan, what about you? Um, yeah, I agree with Josh on that one. Um I would add that, like, I was I was just generally really impressed that the screenplay, Is, you know, as far as these kinds of things go, very smart. Like it, it's like a, it works like a piece of machinery, right? Like one thing leads to the next very organically. It never really feels written or writerly or like there's some invisible hand guiding these things. Like everything felt like it just led logically from one minute to the next. And I thought that was really really great and really well done. I I do wish they kind of ditched a lot of the shaky cam moments. I think they over relied on that a bit much. Um, but I mean other than that this is this is a lot of fun and if you just go into it expecting fun, it you're going to get it. It's very entertaining. And I I, I really want to shout out Andy McDowell here who is somehow able to create a performance that is both perfectly camp but also really like deeply felt with emotion mm. and like she she walks that line really really well and that's really tough to do and uh congratulations Ms. mcdowell i i,
0: I got i gotta just reiterate that i really really like the cast in this movie a lot and that I also uh, think Samara Weaving is just such a star. I mean, the way that she starts off this movie, she's so elegant and beautiful in her white wedding dress on her big day. Everything is like so, so nice. Contrast to the end of this movie where she is just ripped. She has been cut. She's been sweaty, battered, fallen in mud. And her dress is r- ripped Black, and baby. bloody. And I mean, there's just such an amazing like uh, visual journey. That this character has had to endure through this entire story. But through it all, she is resourceful. She is resilient. And she is not just a gold digger like some of the family members perceive her to be. By the end of this movie, she is worthy to be in any family, do anything she wants. She is showing everyone that she is more than just what her... um, economic status suggests and I think that that is maybe a a message in this that uh, could be taken away is that we are more than uh, what we are perceived to be Um, and I I think that she you know is able to capture that in her performance quite well here it it really I'm telling you like as far as like B-level horror movies go I I definitely had uh, such a blast with this one Uh, so much so that I'm going to say my grade first and actually I'm boosting my grade uh, from my original written review, I originally gave this a uh, seven. Uh, you know what? No, 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 no. I'm gonna take it back. Shit. <laughs> I like hyped it up there, and I'm like, ah, you know what? No, no. You know, I'm I'm sticking with a seven, but I'm going to say that it's it's maybe one of the strongest sevens I have given uh, to any movie this year. Um, borderline eight. You know what? I I'm gonna rewatch it. And I'm going to rewatch it like with um, family, friends or something uh, at some point. I want to see how they react to it, because I saw this um, at a screening where there was only like 12 people, maybe less in the room. Um, and I'm really curious to know, like from your perspective, guys, like how this played in, in a theater where there a lot of people. How was the audience reacting to it? Because I do think that that would also maybe skewer my uh, rating a little bit higher, uh, depending on the vibe of the audience I watched it with. But for now, I'll stick with seven.
1: Yeah, this is a movie that definitely, if you can get a good audience that can go along with it, obviously that can impact your enjoyment because then you're just in that crowd who's also getting a lot out of the film too.
2: Yeah, I agree. Um, I it was, it was fun with the audience that I saw it with and everyone's reactions were great.
0: So where does that leave you?
2: um well okay i'm i'm gonna do it and do it you can't matt and give this an eight okay all
0: right <laughs> uh, and, and just to be clear like the only reason why i because uh, i want to just justify because i think i've showered this movie with a lot of praise throughout this review and i feel like i haven't <laughs> given any justification for why it is a seven and not an eight um is mostly because there are some things that josh is bringing up that i i, I well i don't actually agree with it i i do i do agree that it is uh present And it could have helped to make the movie a tad bit better, I feel like. And then there are some comedic moments early on, especially, that I didn't feel were quite landing as well as they could have been. And it was a little hard for me to kind of settle into the groove of the movie and what kind of a tone uh, it wanted to uh, take. But I mean, once it got going and things started moving, um, and like I said, the character progression and so on and so forth, I, I was really, really on board at that point. Uh, but I, I think the beginning of the film might just be a little a little shaky. That's all.
2: Yeah. You'd, I have yeah, no such issues, but I I don't begrudge, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You do
0: mention
1: that some of the comedy doesn't quite land for me or doesn't quite land in the film. For me, I have to say everything with like Fitch, I kind of hated. I just, It just mm-hmm. really didn't feel like it was a type of comedy that was very smart or inventive and kind of felt the baseline for me and I didn't really like his character all that much and I think ultimately for me I'm actually gonna land at a six out of ten for this movie and the reason for that is because there are certainly things that I did appreciate I do really like the performances I like some of the ideas that they're going for in this in the script and while I get that for you guys you were kind of able to put some of the story bits to the side for me it really wasn't about needing a deep dive exploration into the mythology or or of this world at all but i kind of just needed a little bit more to fill out those pieces and i'm somebody that really appreciates a sense of world building in a movie where you can really get a sense that you walk in and even if you don't know everything that's going on you have a really good sense of like okay what we're doing with these characters what's going on you know, the relationship that they are having with each other and with this uh, the, this like game that they're playing. And I just felt like the movie didn't really do that. I felt like it gave us just the very basic parts of it, which would have been fine if they didn't give hints of something more complex on the side. And mm. I think that was the thing that brought it down for me because I saw potential for something that could have been flavored a lot more, uh, with a lot, not nuance or complexity, but just... A lot more kind of colors to it to make me invested in the world and instead I got something that kind of felt like it presented those ideas but then didn't do much else with them and I almost would have preferred them just not to have suggested anything else and that was the thing that bothered me a bit so it's a movie that like I did enjoy in the moment in certain parts and I think it's kind of fine but I walked away from it feeling like you know, just, you know, how you sometimes feel like it's just, yeah, that was fine. Like, it was just OK. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I didn't get it into it as much as you guys did, but I also don't think it's like a bad movie. And if you're in the mood for something like this, there are worse things to see. But I also think there are far better ones out there, too.
0: Yeah, I would say that um, compared to the uh, director's uh, previous work, especially, I, I would say that this is probably their best, uh, their best yet, I would think. Because uh, we're talking. I mean, I like Southbound, I will admit, and VHS. Uh, uh, oh, VHS. I was not really the biggest <laughs> fan of VHS, actually. No. <laughs> you know, but Southbound I liked. I, I did like that one. And I have I seen Devils Do. I don't think I've seen Devils Do. I, I might need to check that one out. Um, but I but I, I think the reason why I didn't check it out, and I'm looking at it now, <laughs> it's got a low Rotten tomato score. That's probably why I avoided it. <laughs> mm, yeah. So in terms of the uh, other two I've seen, this is definitely uh, the best uh, work I've seen from them yet. And I really, really like that there's elements of Get Out, I like that there's elements of Hevers, uh, there's elements of uh, Your Next, kind of like all weaved uh, throughout this to create something that it feels familiar, but at the same time, uh, you know, in a season where we're about to head into the fall film festivals. Um, it's nice to get something like this because we're probably not going to get something like this again for the rest of the year, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And as ter- and in terms of also like our MVP film awards, because let's, let's just be very clear, there is no Oscar potential to discuss with this. Um, yeah. The best yeah. I could like give this movie <laughs> is um, maybe a spot on my uh, top horror uh, sci-fi category when we get to our MVP film awards, maybe. So mm-hmm. we'll have to see how the rest of the year shakes out for that, but right now it's firmly in there with like midsummer, you know, for example. So yeah, good stuff, mm-hmm. you know. Oh yeah. Or 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 if you put all three of our scores together, average stuff, you know, seven out of ten. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I'll, I'll I'll take it. Why not? Alrighty, ready or not, guys, Twitter time. Josh, where can they find you on the internet?
1: You can find me on Twitter
2: at JR Parham.
0: Dan Bear, how about you?
2: You can find me on Twitter at danceanddan on film.
0: And you can find me not hiding anywhere on Twitter at NextBestPicture. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to our review of Ready or Not here on the Next Best Picture podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Play, FM, cast CastBox, and also on Spotify. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think of the show. We really, really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can lend on over at Patreon for $1 minimum a month you can get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening, as always. And we shall see you all next time.